Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Steve Atwater, the great Broncos, Ring of Famer, Hall of Famer in studio with us. Steve, what up, man? What up, what up? It's not recorded because I'm in the studio. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. but <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate it. Ben, of course, back with us here. Uh, Steve did all the heavy lifting for you last week. and But no impressions. I, I was kind of a little bit surprised that he decided not to do any impressions of you because last time it played so well. It did. And I, I you know, listening to the audio, I was, I was let down. I, I feel like I haven't done enough to be worthy of the Atwater impression. So I'm turning it up to 11 today. Okay. All right. All right. Well, hey, well, next time you're not here, I'll do it again. I, I, th- I thought you would be offended. He likes it. No, no, no. I like it. Bring it on. <laughs> I'm going to turn it up to 27 today. Maybe even we get to, I don't know, 75. 75. Yeah. Flattery, right? Is the, the, what is ever that saying? I don't know. We'll get Come you everywhere. Right. <laughs> Why are you not that bad? serious form. Okay. All right. We just talked <laughs> about know. you forgetting things, like right before we hit the microphone. Yes. Dude, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I need an energy drink. Did you bring me something today? I, I mean, I would have, but I didn't care enough. Okay. Wow. 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 I think I heard a damn. <laughs> I did hear a damn. <laughs> I was going to, but then I was like, nah, I'm selfish. Nah, I'm good. They, I'm have, good they have two for four bucks, but I'll pay 280 for just one, just to spite Ryan. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Uh, well, uh, that seems to, to, to be in line with most things these days uh, involving... <laughs> you know what? I'll stop right there. Uh, Steve, it is good to uh, have you here, man. And, uh, you know, we got uh, OTAs starting. I, I, I'd love to know from you, just before we get into all the nuts and bolts of everything, I'd love to know from you, like, the evolution of OTAs. Like, from what it was when you were a player to what it is now. You know, you and I were having a conversation right before coming on here, and I, I know that it isn't like it never was like full pads, two days, all that stuff in off season. But again, the word voluntary, I, I think for some fans is like, okay, well, does that mean that they don't have to be there? Does that mean they should be there? Yeah. I just remember like Mike Shanahan making a big deal about voluntary OTAs. Yeah, well, it again it wasn't it wasn't mandatory and you know, really the only time a majority of the guys missed or, you know, the people that missed a majority of them, the reason was either they were injured or they had some type of contract deal going on where they're trying to renegotiate a contract. So pretty similar to But other than that, they were there. Everybody everybody was there. Everybody was trying to, you know, be on the same page and what the heck? All your buddies were there, you know? All the all of our best friends, they were there. So, you know, wherever they were, we were. Wherever we were, they were. <laughs> I feel like you're getting ready to rap or something like that. Bah, bah, bah. Just I didn't, I didn't know if you needed me to kick your beat real quick. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, and, and again, people have this, this perception, right, Ben? And the same thing with Kareem Jackson, with Melvin Gordon, guys at, you know, not showing up for these things. I, I, I was talking to Steve, and I want to get into his perspective on this, but you've got a new coaching staff. You've got some new scheme. You've got some, some things that are communication important. I mean, listen, I, I, I could see why – Melvin Gordon is like, I just don't show up for these things. But at the same time, this is some different circumstances. Well, yeah, and I think you could hear it in Nathaniel Hackett's voice in the, the post-practice presser or whatever that you know he was stressing that it was voluntary. But, I mean, I was in the Army. I got, uh, I got voluntold a lot 
uh, instead mm-hmm. of volunteered. And so I, you know, I, I think that, uh, I, I think being here is a good thing. I think being a vet, it's not huge. If you've been in the league, you know, a decade, it's not huge. If you're missing it, you know what to do. You know what to keep in shape. You've been around a league, you've been around a league 10 years. You know what to do. You got to keep in sh- yourself in shape, but I don't know. I think it shows leadership to show up. I do. I think it shows, I think it shows that I'm bought in. I think it shows I'm invested. If I'm here trying to learn the new, the new stuff that the staff is trying to do. But so, I, I also think some guys, uh, you know, once they've been doing things a certain way throughout their career, they've stayed relatively mm-hmm. healthy. They've, you know, had, you know, certain levels of success. They don't want to like, do. they, they think that this is their ritual. Like I got to do this to make sure that I continue to play at a certain level, you know? Um, I remember Sharp. Sharp, he didn't, he, ne- he never, he came to, I'm pretty sure he came to OTAs, but off-season workout program, he, he was in Atlanta and he had his regiment, he, but everyone knew he was going to come back in tip-top shape. Melvin Gore is the same way. When he comes back, he's going to be ready to go. Now, the thing is, though, if there are mental errors made later on, people may look back at this and be like, dang, man, if you'd have been in OTAs, you know, maybe you wouldn't have made some of those mistakes, you know, but you know, they'll have plenty of time in training camp to go through all that and make sure he's he's good to go. He, he's a vet. You're just uh, you're just taking up for it because the safety's one of those guys that's uh, that's ducking out. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, it's, you know, same same thing. I'm with K. Jack, you. man. Um, I'm you know, uh, and I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but you know, I was imagine some with K. Jack, like, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm, y'all not paying me a ton of money, uh, you know. I'll, I go out here, you know, you, you saw uh, Tariq Cohen mm-hmm. working out, popped mm-hmm. his Achilles, uh, you know, it was like, hey, man, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily take a chance of getting injured in one of these voluntary deals. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if that's the but, case. But, I mean, that's the NFL, right? I mean, I mean, Ben has constantly scolded me on this when I say the same thing, like, oh, well, you, you want to prevent wear and tear, you want to prevent those injuries. It's like, hey, man, the NFL, you can never plan for that sort of thing. No, you, you definitely can because I'm sure – K-Jack is standing in great shape wherever he is, so he's working out, and, you know, those things can happen. But, again, I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, pure pure speculation, you know, just, you know, uh, I think he should be, uh, you know, a higher paid. So I think most, a lot of the safeties, they had to take lower pay. I think they should be paid, you know, a little bit higher, for, especially a guy who's contributed the way that he has. And, uh, you know, that, that may be a way of just, hey, showing, hey, man, you know, <laughs> I'm not making enough money. <laughs> well, one of the things I've advocated for for a long time is is injury guarantees. Like if you're doing OTAs or you're doing whatever and you get hurt in there, that it guarantees your salary for that year, that kind of stuff. Everything becomes guaranteed, some kind of mechanism for that. I'm sure that, that players and agents could work that out, but that, that's something I've always gar- advocated for because it would make it more lucrative for those guys to show up. Yeah, I think they may have some – Injury insurance policies. I mean, they do have the insurance, but it's not you know not the same. I mean, if you're a twelve million dollar a year player, you're not getting the full twelve. Well, but then we saw with Juwan James, for example, working out off site and how his contract that they were found a way out of his contract because they they didn't have to pay his guarantees. So again, it behooves the players, Melvin Gordon, for example, maybe to to work out on site Mm -hmm. because then you get your money if you do get injured. Right. Yeah. Again, but for me though, I, I think that. Some guys, they've been doing it a certain way, and they just believe they have it in their mind that if I don't do it this way, my outcome, I'm not going to be as successful this year so as that's I've what, been in the past. So that's more what it was about. So that, that, that's kind of a little, little bit what I wanted to get from you as far as a player is like the, the pattern of the offseason, right, your process for getting ready. So, you, I mean, you came out to, to OTAs. Like you said, that was part of my conditioning. I did about everything, you know, because yeah. I lived here. You know, it didn't make sense <laughs> for me to go work out at some gym and, you know, I got the best training facility right over here and, True. you know, best coaches everything. Who would want to be trained by NFL 
you know, trainers and coaches, you know, uh, everybody's striving to, to get to that point. So uh, I was like, man, I got everything right here. Everybody, you know, got the best of everything. And um, Plus you but, enjoyed being around the guys. Like it was an opportunity to get back around the guys a little bit. I think, I think most of the guys, I, I would imagine Melvin Gordon and, and, uh, and K-Jack, same yeah. way. You know, they, they, they love being around the guys. But, you know, again, they've been doing things a certain way for so long. And, you know, they're, they're vet vets. You know, it's not like they're in their fourth, fifth year. They're, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth year. And they've had a level of success by doing things a certain way. And they just don't want to – they don't want to jinx themselves. Would you, would you show up and not work out? Would, would, would that be better? Just being around the guys, being there to soak things up, anything like that? Does that is there any added value in being there and That's not working question. out? That's a good question. Yeah, I, I think there is some value, especially in the meeting rooms. But guess what? At the end of the day, you still got to go get that workout in because, you know, during the offseason, that's, that's a vital part of it. You know, four or five days out of the week, you got you to gotta run, you got to stretch, you got to, you know, do the lifting. You got gotta, you to gotta get that part in. And, you know – and if they're not doing it here, they got to go someplace else and do it. So, you know, hey, if, you, if you're here, you may as well you know, do, do with everything that you can do. I mean, it makes, makes a lot of sense. And I, I wondered with the component of the new coaching staff and being one, wanting to be around them, wanting to understand the scheme, wanting to, I, I don't know, like clearly define your role on this team. I mean, you're fitting into a, a bit of a different deal. You know, I, I was thinking about this this morning with Ajiro Evero as it relates to Jonathan Gannon who we recently talked about with the Eagles and how he sort of had to come in as a, a first-time coordinator out there. The Eagles didn't have the full complement of players that he would want to run his scheme. I, I was kind of wondering for Ejiro Evero how that actually looked when he got here to Denver and saying, okay, I see a lot of guys that I can do certain things with, but in that same vein, maybe this isn't the entirety of what I want to be able to build for my defense. And, I, and again, having those players here, having a chance to talk to them, bounce things off Kareem Jackson. Hey, man. This is what I'm thinking for your role. This is what I'm thinking. And Ben and I've talked about, hey, Kareem Jackson might have a little bit of a different role this year than he's used to. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's certainly possible. I'm sure uh, Coach Everett has, you know, different ideas about things. And, again, right now I think what he can best glean from the experiences is how guys think, you know, how they process uh, now he's looked at film to see how physical they are, you know, how, how they actually play in game situations from, from previous years. Uh, but he won't actually be able to see that live with his own two eyes. You know, looking at things on film is one thing, but seeing it live in person and, you know, seeing how they play in your specific scheme, I think with your own two eyes, it helps. And, you know, that, that won't happen until training camp when you get the physicality there. And, uh, you know, see how you, you know, handle adversity and, you know, see how you take the coach. And there's so many different things uh, that they, they kick up to another level once you get to training camp when there's real pressure on you to, you know, to uh, be in the right place, to hear the calls, to help get other guys in position. There's just so many things that go into uh, having a, a football player be complete and the coach be happy with what he sees on the field. Was it a bigger deal that K-Jack missed or that Ajiro Evero wasn't there yesterday because he's at the Coach's Accelerator Clinic? I don't think it was a big deal to either one of them. I don't, I, you don't think having your D.C. there, first-time defensive coordinator, missing OTAs, you don't think it's a big deal? One day, come on, man. Hey, all right. stuff, you know, you got, you got priorities. And, you know, apparently See, that, that deal he felt was more important than, than this. Or he had maybe made a previous commitment that he couldn't get. I mean, I don't know what the situation is, you know. Uh, but I know stuff happens, and – only you can do is, is, is pivot and, you know, uh, make the best of 
what you have left, you know. Well, that's the philosophy I used to is that one day, it's just one day. And that was, you know, eating a tub of ice cream for breakfast. And then, you know, <laughs> 42 pounds later, uh, I was sitting there massively overweight. So, But what do you think about that, Ben, about the, the scheme portion of it? And what did Gerald Everos trying to work in his first year? And again, I know he's not here specifically at this very moment, but as he's trying to piece together what his defense is going to look like, I, I, I mean, I think that there's a little bit of, Maybe, again, what Jonathan Gannon went through last year with the Eagles where you had said multiple times on the show, hey, he didn't have all the guys he wanted necessarily. He didn't have all the players that he wanted to be able to do what he wanted to do on the defensive side of the ball. We, we, I think we oftentimes look at this Broncos defense saying, boy, they're talented all over the place, but it doesn't mean it fits what he wants to do. Yeah, I, I think there's more talent here than there was on the Eagles defense last year. Um, I, I think that you they had some aging vets. And yeah, some they, they had some roster turnover, and they yeah. invested. The draft was all invested in the offensive side of the ball, trying to get that shorn up and, and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I think the Broncos have more defensive talent than the Eagles had. So, I, I mean, maybe they don't have every piece exactly. You know, I mean, of course, we don't have an Aaron Donald here. You know, I mean, that that would be it would be nice. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they don't have exactly every piece, and maybe he has to make adjustments off of that. But I. It looks to me, just based on the acquisitions that they made, they talked about keeping that 34 intact, but it looks to me like they're going to be running more even fronts. Just, See, just, that's what I was going to get to. Just based yep. on what they've, what they've added and the way they're doing things, I, it feels to me like they're pivoting to that, uh, or at least uh, getting personnel that can run what you do when you run that and, and, and maybe disguising it up a little bit. I, you know, I don't know. Um, as far as the secondary goes, I think secondary is fine. I mean, you look at what, you look at what all they got there. I think they got a, a, a plethora of talent there, but, uh, the front seven, it, it, it does kind of feel like they're, they're kind of doing something a little different with the front seven. And I want to see it before I'm, you know, necessarily critical of it. What do you think about that, Steve? I mean, do you think that maybe they are set up a little bit better for a four, three now? Uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, on paper, everything looks good, but until you see how, how the coach is going to be calling the different plays and how they coach, how they motivate, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I think with the right players and the right coach, any scheme can work. The scheme doesn't matter. Well, certainly. I, it, it just feels more, like the personnel are more fit for that, though. I mean, because like, yeah. like with Barron, they talk about working him on the outside, but really it just feels like to go even front and he'll be the will. You know, I mean, if you if you look at what they what they're talking about and and how they added like Singleton, I mean, Josie's an inside backer, but Singleton is a classic middle, you know, Mike, mm-hmm. and so like it just feels like looking at the personnel that they've added that they want to be able to at least deploy that at times. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's possible. And um, so, what does your front four look like then? Are we talking about? Um, you got well, it depends on if Purcell's in there or not. If not, it's DJ Jones, and then you have yep. got Draymond, Randy Gregory, and, uh, and Bradley, Bradley Chubb. Chubb on you know. On how do you feel? Edge. How do you feel about that as a as a front four? And especially if you go Baron Browning with the weak side linebacker, go Singleton at the mic, I guess. Unless you're going to maybe have Josie in a little bit of that role. What do you think about doing that? I mean, as a, you saying you saying what defense are you saying? You saying uh, instead of a three four where you have a, a, a true nose, go a four three. Yeah, uh, I. I I like that, you know, it just, again, depends, man. It depends on... Uh, I mean, you don't want to get the requisite pressure, right? I mean, certainly, we, we know the offseason, the focus, adding Randy Gregory, adding Nick Benito. They have, they have aspirations to really get after the quarterback here. Yeah, and I, I think either one of the schemes, you, you can do that. You know, you, you, you can dial it up from a 3-4 or 4-3. You can dial up, you know, different plays to where you put pressure on them. Uh, it's just going to matter of the philosophy that that coach uh, uh, Everell has in terms of uh, you know who, who he wants to bring. 
it's going to be interesting to me, you know, how Baron Browning is able to adjust to, you know, plan that outside position, whether, you know, that's the outside linebacker in a 4-3 or the edge in, in a 3-4, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we got we to see, man. This, like I said, we only had one day of OTA so far, you know, where we can kind of – we can kind of look at and, and see where they're where they're putting guys, but uh, you know this could change drastically by the time training camp starts. Yeah, it's just I, again, it's just an observation. But you look like DJ, like one gappers versus two gappers. You know, like what DJ has classically done, like it doesn't really match up with what they've been doing here. So maybe maybe they're giving the look the thirty four look and, and switching the one gap versus two gap, you know, principles and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I think most defensive linemen they prefer you know one gap. Yep. All right, Steve Atwater <laughs> in studio with us. When we come back. Steve is going to scout Russell Wilson. We heard no, Justin. I'm not. <laughs> Hold on, don't ruin this story. Justin Simmons scouted Russell Wilson. We're going to have our own safety scout Russell Wilson. That's coming up next. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, Steve. Uh, we heard from Justin Simmons yesterday uh, addressing the media, and he was asked a couple of questions about guarding Russell Wilson. I'd love to go, before we play that audio of Justin Simmons breaking it all down, I'd love to know from you as a safety, because I want to go from the DB side of things here. As a safety, for a guy that's going to be scrambling, for a guy that is going to be constantly looking to throw it over your hat, what what do you do to guard against all of that? Because those are the two strengths that he brings to the quarterback position. Well, I think it initially starts with, um, you know, kind of your pre-snap alignment and you know, you're kind of looking at him because most of the time the quarterback doesn't want the safety to, the safeties to know that, hey, I'm looking at you to get my initial idea of what you guys are doing. Either, you, you know, you're going to play some type of three, three deep or a two deep zone or man to man. He'll get that mostly from looking at the safeties and obviously look at the corners, too, to see if they're off, they're on. Uh, let's get an idea of that. So I would just say that game, uh, you know, moving back and forth, not giving not giving him you know, anything to key off of early on. Uh, but the good quarterbacks, uh, I've heard Justin say this, they will give you hard counts to, to make you show what you're doing. They're trying to get you to show, oh, oh okay, you guys going to be in some type of cover three, cover one, cover zero type, de- well, not cover three, cover one type defense where there's a, you know, a safety in the middle of the field or a cover two. You know, they'll, they'll get you to do that by hut, 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 hut. And then you run up to, oh, you're afraid that, you know, you're going to be out of position when the ball is snapped. So, uh, yeah, great games. Uh, you know, he, he'll be learning from one of the best to do it in Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson, I'm sure, will learn how one of the best safeties in the league does it in Justin Simmons and just in terms of holding that disguise and seeing what it, the defense eventually is. I think it's exactly it. You, know, you talk about the, the hard count stuff. It's not just about drawing guys off sides or anything like that. It is. You're trying to get that safety rotation. That's why you move that slot receiver or tight end, you know, motion them real quick so yep. you can see the safety rotation, see if your middle field opener closed. See if a guy's going with them to see right. if his man, man is on. Look yeah. at the corner's hips. Is he showing inside or outside? Really, you know, and that, that kind of It's just reading the field and trying to take all that knowledge in so that post-snap, you know, a guy like Russ who's had a lot of snaps now and can read the field like that just like Peyton Manning and dissect you up. Yeah. 
I mean, he's made a career out of uh, making defensive players look kind of silly out oh, there. Man. So I, I imagine most of it is is. I, I think most of it's grounded for defensive players of like I don't want to get beat over top. But then you also again, and, and you tell me also with blitzes though, because right. you're timing, you're trying to time up your blitzes, and if quarterback gets under the center right quick, you got to run up there and show it like you're blitzing, and then he comes off, and you're like, oh damn, he's, he got me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting you you mentioned about the pacing of things too. Uh, Russell Wilson did a lot of that during practice. Here's Justin Simmons talking about the offense, Russell Wilson, and he puts a little point in here specifically about the pacing of things and how quickly he got up to the line. Here we go. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was fun. And, I mean, our offense, I've always said, you know, they've, they've always been special. Um, and I thought that was, you know, prior to Russ, and obviously Russ getting here kind of elevates that to a whole other level. You know, Court, Tim. Uh, Judy, KJ, I mean, it feels like, you know, Alberto, um, just weapons all across the board. So always have to be locked in. And then, then Russ just brings a whole nother element, you know, the way that he commands the offense, you know, they get to the line fast. Um, you know, there's times where we're, we're breaking our shell as a defense a little early. So he's figuring out, you know, already pre-snap where he wants to go with the ball. It's clean, it's quick, it's crisp. So it's fun. You know, I love it. It's the game within the game. Um, it's going to be fun, you know, OTAs. And it's just not going to, it's, it's going to do, it's not going to do anything else but make us better defensively, you know? So I'm really excited about it. All right, the game within the game. So he was talking about how they would be getting in a huddle for defensively their shell, and they're trying to figure things out, and then all of a sudden Russell Wilson's already the line, ready to go. Uh, describe from your perspective what that would be like. Oh, man, it's super frustrating because, you know, you got to get the play from your defense coordinator, first of all. And Sometimes defense coordinators can be slow at getting the call to you, and you're like, what What are we running? What are we running? And you got to have some type of defense set up to where, all right, if, if you're kind of in that crunch situation and offense is coming to the line of scrimmage, you got to just make a call. And, uh, you know, I know coaches hate to hear this, but sometimes you got you to get the call out there quickly or the defense needs to take control and say, look, we're, we're, we're going to call this defense where everybody knows what to do. We'll be safe. We're not going to give up any big plays on I'm sorry. Well, no, no, I want to ask you a question. Did you guys have like something like we call it code, but you have something like if the play didn't get in fast enough, you had a default play that you went, we, you know, you knew you were going to just default to in case they didn't get we it. We had in a couple it. of different ones kind of based on the situation. Yeah. Uh, we like the code know. one, code two, code three. Like it was, you know, just a no, it, just, we, it wasn't a code. It was just like, all right, we, we call that defense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We just, yeah, we just called it that. And that was the emergency. Like we didn't get the call. So this is what we're running code one. Like we knew it was a default. Coaches you know, hate man under. You know, right. Coach right. hate that. But again, you know, but you got to uh, have something and, and out there. We, and we went to it just because we got caught in that situation too many times. And mm. we're like, all right, you know, we said this amongst the players. Like, hey, all right, if if, if call didn't come in on time, we're calling this. And, okay. you know, guess what happened magically? The coach started getting those calls into us quickly, quicker to make sure that we're running what he wants to run. And we, we obviously wanted to do that. But, right. you know, we'd be in a bad situation when they're coming to the line of scrimmage. We don't even know what the call is um, because – once you get the call, then you gotta you you gotta know like what personnel they have in to get lined up properly, and then see what side of the field the tight end's going mm -hmm. to, and you know one safety goes away from them, another goes to them, you know other guys on the defensive line and linebackers they line up according to where the tight end is. So there are a lot of things that need to be done, and you got to get those calls in there quickly. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, when when quarterbacks 
speed it up. <laughs> that puts that puts a lot of pressure on defense. <laughs> and I'm I'm looking forward to that though. I've been I've been railing on that for a while. You know this. I've been yeah. talking about it for a while. Denver has a built-in. You play at altitude. You have a built-in advantage. Why wouldn't you play at tempo? Why wouldn't you start playing? You don't have to snap the ball at 15 seconds to go, but get up to the line. Force them to play tempo yeah. like that, and you have a built-in advantage where you can gas people, and you know you can get that built-in advantage. The Rams got a few years ago when McVay did it that first year. They did mm-hmm. the, kind of that sugar huddle. They got up to the line. He could talk to the quarterback. You can have kind of a you know. Oh yeah, uh, I mean guys. Can't they can't uh, rotate in and out? Right. You know, defensive lineman boy. After they a couple get, of plays, they like, get tired. Hey man, I get, I get to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Well, oh sorry. I no, was, I, like, no, I, was, I, was waving to somebody. I was doing the motion. You know, got it, got it, got it. Well, and and I, I loved his point about the game within the game because actually reminded me a little bit about Peyton and how the defensive oh, yeah. players would talk about him about how he would be playing games with them, mental games out there to kind of get them off their. their and again, it's it's good practice, right? That's what it's all designed to do. It's all designed to test them and make them better for when they face Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, so on and so forth. Exactly. The defense is going to be better because they'll be more prepared for it. They've seen it. So when the quarterbacks come in that don't do it, it'll be a piece of cake. But when the guys come in and they hurry up to the line of scrimmage, like, oh, yeah, we are. We know this. We know this whole deal. We're good. And, you know, they'll make their calls, make their checks effectively. Do you think that this defense will be better prepared to take on uh, for instance, a Pat Mahomes, because the uh, going up against the athleticism of Russell Wilson versus, like, for instance, last year, year before, where they were incredibly well prepared to maybe take on a Nathan Peterman who throws a ton of interceptions. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't do that. Well, it was funny because Justin's like, so I set that up. <laughs> yeah, but, but like Justin even said that at the beginning, and we all kind of like looked at each other. And, and I, I respect him saying that because they've had the talent, the receiving talent. Right. right. They just exactly. have the quarterback yeah. talent. Right. And so. It was funny. He was like, yeah, we've always had a really good offense to go against, and we're all just sitting here like, I mean, come on, man. Like, like it's, No offense to those guys, but... They're, they're not here anymore, man. It's, it's, they can't hurt you anymore. We've got to be honest about these things. Well, I think we did have it. You just didn't have that at the quarterback position. Right. He, he didn't just come out and say that, but I think that's what everybody took from that. that Certainly. It, you know, we got, we got the other positions in place. Nathan Peterman. <laughs> <laughs> just the quarterback position wasn't, wasn't uh, you know, where we needed to be, so... But but how big is that? I mean, to be able to practice against that guy, and we'll hear Justin Simmons say it too, but for you as a DB, knowing that, again, to sort of sharpen your tool set. Oh, yeah, that's it's awesome. And, you know, if, if you're able to pick off Russell Wilson in practice, if you're able to, uh, you know, confuse him from time to time, guess what? It's not going to be a big thing for you to do that, that same thing to, to, to Justin Herbert or, or Derek Carr or Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's going to be – it'll get your confidence level up to know that, man, I, I got to pick on Russell Wilson in practice. So I know I can do it against these other guys as well, you know. So it won't, won't be such a, you know, a, a stretch to think that you can make plays against these other, other uh, great quarterbacks. All right, well, here's Justin Simmons talking about practicing against Russell Wilson, a little bit more uh, context on this. Yeah, no, it's great for us, honestly. Like, we, you know, we're going to see that uh, with Mahomes, you know, um, twice a year. We're going to see that with Herbert. Um, you know, Carr has the ability to extend plays, and I'm just thinking in our division, you know, I go down the list of the, the teams that we're going to play, and Seems like the game, you know, each and every year is just elevating more and more to, to quarterbacks that are more mobile and can extend plays with their legs. Um, and that's great, especially in the red zone, because it's not about um, the length, but the width. And you can get open. All you need is this much separation. And uh, with a guy like Russ who can extend plays like that, I mean, we've seen time and time again throughout his tenure. Um, so defensively for us, that's great reps, because you're always like, oh, that was a sack, you know that. But, you know, real life, he could probably make people miss right there and get the play going. So that's good work for us too. 
and that dynamic ability to scramble. It's not like the Broncos haven't had guys that have the ability to move, but it's different. And again, as he's describing what the quarterback position has become, we're seeing more and more of these guys that aren't just the, well, he can move, right? I mean, I think we can say Drew Locke had some mobility, right? Teddy Bridgewater had some mobility, but it's not like the same thing with Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes or any of these guys that really will burn you for 15, 20, 30, 40 yards if you just ignore them. And it's more than just being able to move. You know, there are a ton of guys who are able to move, but they don't have that pocket awareness and know when to move, you know, when to step up, when to run. Uh, when quarterbacks that have a deeper understanding of the game, uh, no disrespect to the other quarterbacks that we've had here last couple of years, but when you have a quarterback who understands the situations and knows when he should move and when he should uh, run or when he should, uh, you know, stay in the pocket and slide to the right, you know, just because, you know, he's feeling a little bit of pressure from the left. Those are the quarterbacks where, you you know, you can go to the next level with. Um, But when you have a guy who doesn't really have that pocket presence, uh, you know, even though he may be athletic, he doesn't really know what to do back there. You know, he's, he's kind of a scatterbrain and, uh, you know, he panics when, you know, he feels the pressure. You know, just because guys are coming doesn't necessarily mean that you have to run and, and leave the pocket. You know, sometimes it pays to stay in there, step up a couple of steps, take a couple of shuffle steps to the left and make that pass versus taking off running. Certainly. And and we've seen the difference, right? I mean, Trevor Simeon was a guy towards the end of his time here with the Broncos, really struggled with just feeling pressure even when it wasn't necessarily there there's a trust to your offensive line though that comes with that like to know Definitely. that they're they're doing their job and Russell Wilson I think some of the quarterback hits he's probably taken some of the sacks he's taken probably came a little bit from and maybe even some of the escapes have come from not trusting that old line yeah no that, that's true and uh you know when your line protects you and you know you don't get hit as much you, you know the confidence level just automatically increases but yeah when you, when you get hit time after time after time you know, some guys, they, they, they handle that by uh, taking off running. Other guys handle it by getting sacked more times. <laughs> <laughs> I always handled it by just curling up into a ball and crying. Um, some guys handle it like that, too. Didn't work for me, but <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe, maybe somebody. Some somebody guys do that, too. Yeah. Playing possum. A little, little PSA for, for all the people out there. <laughs> Curl up in a ball in the fetal position. Uh, before we get out of here, Steve, uh, there's a report out there that the NFL is considering moving on from the Pro Bowl. Hmm. And Ben has his ideas on how to fix the Pro Bowl, so we'll okay. uh, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. But I'd love to know from you, as a guy who made a lot of Pro Bowls, uh, what, do, what do you think about where the Pro Bowl is at, what it was, what it has been, and, and is, is there a future? Is there any way to, quote-unquote, fix the Pro Bowl? This is a big sports talk radio thing, but I'd love to know from you. Yeah, uh, I've made several Pro Bowls, and you know, definitely it was a great experience getting a chance to play against guys that I played with during the season. And there's a time when you get a chance to build relationships with your opponents, you know. And, and you know, all that, that's, that's really cool. You get a chance to see what guys are like. So just the thought of it not being a part of the NFL season or postseason, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of saddens me. But at the same time, <laughs> when you turn on the game now, that it, it saddens me as well, you know, to, to see that it's just it's changed so drastically from – what it used to be. It used to be a game where, you know, guys get away, have some fun. Fans still get a chance to see a good football game, good competition, but, but uh, you know, guys in a, in a fun atmosphere. Um, 
but you know now um, with there, there's so little uh, not just physicality. There's just you know guys just letting guys go and mm-hmm. you know tagging off and like man you, you I would much rather see a flag football game where the guys are out there having a good time. Uh, chance of injuries extremely low. It is, it's extremely low now the way it is. The chance of injuries, uh, but. Um, yeah, it's a little disappointing, but yeah, if they made the move, I, I, I'd understand it. I, I, I truly understand it. Well, yeah, and you don't see the hits like you did. You know, I mean, when Sean Taylor murdered that punter. Oh man, remember that? <laughs> yeah, he came flying <laughs> up in there. I destroyed a punter in the Pro Bowl. But now, I, I, I like for me, I've always said, you know, let's let's do this. Let's just switch it up a little bit. Scrap the game. We'll do a, a four-team, you know, north, south, east, west regional. Seven-on-seven flag football game. The offensive linemen get to do a punt-pass-kick competition. Uh, do a, do an NFL's fastest man. Anybody can register. The winner gets like a portion, some cash, and the title of the NFL's fastest man. Do a do a lift. You know the strongest man. Same thing. Yeah. Um, you know that kind they of stuff. Used to, they used to do activities yeah, like that right, do back stuff in like the day. That. But quarterback yeah. club. You know, do the, the remember the quarterback club competition they used to have. You know, yeah, I love that. Yeah, do that again. You know that kind of stuff. You can do that kind of stuff, and you, you can have an entertaining two-day extravaganza exactly. out of that. I agree. And you can have different drills for different groups of, yeah, of, of players. Exactly. Uh, and where the chance of injury would be low, but the competition and entertainment level would be still low. high. Right. Yeah. Well, because I, well, I, the part I do like about the Pro Bowl is still celebrating football and it's still seeing like your favorite players, the best players in the league, hanging out with each other. Yeah. Like I still think there's a lot of value to that. And I still think they can create ad revenue for it, which is really what this is inevitably all about. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there is a. I, I like Ben's idea. I think yeah. there's a way to to bring it all together and make it a watchable product, something that you'd be like, oh, I'd love to see offensive linemen trying to kick field goals. Or yeah. I'd love and, and again, 7-on-7 seven seven is very entertaining, especially because you know what it is. Right. You know it's not tackling. You right. know that it, it's just really like DBs versus receivers and and linebackers. And, I mean, that's that's it, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think that would, that, would be, that would be fun. But to scrap it totally, um, I'm not a fan of that. I, I think – you know, it's a great. It's great to see the guys interact, especially guys who, man, when you looked at at them play during the regular season, yeah. it looked like they hate each other. Mm-hmm. And then they get on the same field, they're able to, you know, high five each other, be on the same team, and uh, and compete. I think that the ultimate uh, show of teamwork. I agree. All right, Steve. Well, we appreciate you being in the studio as always, my friend. Thank you so much for your insights. Come on, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you always. <laughs> Uh, the great Steve Atwater. We'll get that up at broncoscountrytonight.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.